0: M 950, The Word. The Word. I believe that we will be more for the Lord than we've ever been before. The Word. And Daniel blesses God, the name of God forever and ever. 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast.
2: Today we want to continue our study, and I couldn't think of how great God is just in timing this message as we have been going through on a journey through the book of Philippians, which is a book of joy, and we come up to a passage of Scripture that deals with how do you handle stress? What is the game plan for relieving stress? Friday morning, I got up early with my wife, and I took her to the mall just to be able to experience a little bit of the holidays, and boy, stress factor hit as soon as I got into the underground parking over at the Alamoana Mall. Now, what was so stressful? was is that uh, we got there early 715 but the place was packed and we couldn't find a parking place and there we are we kind of turned down one of the little aisles there and there's a car that's way up in front of me that's looking for a place well between that car and where I am another car backed out and I said isn't God good you know Carol just prayed there's a parking place right in front of me here so that person backs out pulls in I pull in Well, lo and behold, a car that had long passed that car, way up in front of me, this is not a joke, it really happened, burns rubber, skids back to where I am and said, that's my parking place. Now, after the service, you can ask what I did. But I was kind. But I want you to know that stress happens almost immediately. And for those of you that are not into shopping, I was doing a little study on some of the areas in which we will be impacted with stress. All the things that you have is an expectation of events, of activities and fun that just don't happen the way you hope that it would. And pretty soon you get stressed out over that because you're expecting it to and you're trying to push it to and it doesn't. The second F would be perhaps what we might call Family. Now, family would be you go to these events and you think that it's going to be a happy time, but often it's not. I heard a song recently that says kids should not cry on Sunday. And I'm thinking about how many kids probably will cry because one other brother or sister is going to scream, me, my, mine, and of course now you've got people crying and families at, at odds. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if those of you that are divorced maybe and you're now trying to juggle, how do you make the, the, the holidays fit together in a divorce situation with your kids and my kids and our kids and all of that? So family can be a, a real stressful time. The third F is what we might want to call food. And I'd say, why would that be so stressful? Well, I'm not going to ask you how many of you sat back for Thursday and you just said, oh, I can't believe I ate the whole thing, you know. And now you're thinking about all that food that's inside of you. I talked to another person. They said they they really got it right. The second person has it right. They said, you bet it. I've got it all down. I'm ready to go. I'm going to fight the battle of food. And it's going to begin the day after New Year's. Well, they, you know, they're smart. They kind of distanced it out for them. But you know what? Food can also cause stress. For example, I was reading recently that how much caffeine is in, in Starbucks coffee. Anyway, in the middle there, they said that there's over 300 uh, milligrams or whatever they call it in, of caffeine just in that grande. Now you compare that to the same size of Coke, and in Coke there's only 46 And you can imagine if you drink one or two of those Starbucks, you're like this. And so it doesn't take long before you're under stress. And if you're like this, you probably make quick decisions and you kind of start growling at people. And that just raises the stress factor. Now, these kids over here, they're giggling. Okay, bring on that Coke. I can drink that. It's got less caffeine. The difference is mom or dad make fun of those. But you may guzzle down those big 32 or 52 or 10-gallon buckets. I don't know how big those Cokes are. But you'd start mainlining that. And you're like that as well. The fourth F is one that's called finances. And some of you are going into this year knowing that the economy is a little squirrely. You're not certain about your job. Maybe even some financial financial setbacks have happened to you and you're wondering how to make it all work. And you throw into that, you've added more people into your life, that will bring on stress. So whether it's a holiday time or you're listening to this later on during the year, I know that there'll be stress. Now well, let me remind you that all stress is not necessarily bad Stress. I liken it to this illustration. Those of you that like to go fishing and you know you go out in the boats and whether you use an outboard motor or an inboard motor, those motors were designed to be able to work in water where there's a certain degree of pressure. All of you that have surfed or tried to swim underwater, you can do this a lot faster when you're in the air, but when you're underwater, it's a little bit more stress, a little bit more work. Well, when an engine is underwater, it has to work under that stress of that water. If you took that engine at the same RPM and you lift it up out of the water, it would go so fast that it would burn up. So a certain degree of stress is helpful. Now that's where you and I would trust that our adult minds would know how to balance it out. That a certain degree of trust keeps us on our knees, keeps us recognizing that God is in control of everything we can't control. It strengthens us. It helps us to develop our faith and our character. So a certain degree of stress is good. That kind of stress is often brought on by the things we cannot control that are given to us because God only gives us as much as we can handle. But then you have the other kind of stress that's out of control. It's where now we have chosen to make quick decisions or decisions that are not necessarily built on the principles of God's word. We shoot from the hip. We get involved in things. Sin is thrown into this thing. Relationships are now goofed up. And we've made some wrong choices. And now that stress factor is escalated. And God didn't want us to have that. It's just the same way. And so I would like to submit to you that in this world right now, since God is in control of everything we cannot control, and he allows our life to be the way that it is to bring us closer to him, that he lives in that real world. We're kind of in a virtual world, but the real world is much bigger than the world in which we live right here. That God still says that there's going to be some stress. And this God who says that I permitted this to come into your life, and yea, he may have even prescribed it in your life, That he still loves us that when our world gets out of shape, when we get too much stress, he says, I will still be there to help navigate. I will give you the game plan to relieve that stress. Now, some of that stress, as as bad as it might be, I want you to know that that stress level can come down so quickly. And it's not through yoga or pills or going to all the self-help seminars or maybe listening to just music alone. But there is an antidote to that stress that you will face. And those of you that are maybe smugly thinking, I'm doing pretty good right now. I want you to know that God loves you so much that he's going to give you this material today because he already knows what's happening in the future. I saw a cartoon recently and it was so good and I pray I can remember it next year. But it it goes like this. It was a little cartoon and talked about thanking God. And here's what you're doing. The thankfulness says, Lord, I thank you. For the unseen blessings that are already on the way to me. Isn't that neat to thank God for blessings we haven't even gotten yet? So right now you can thank God for this biblical truth. Biblical truth. For the unseen stresses that are going to come your way. And it can happen in an unplanned instant. And God is using that to build you into his likeness. So let's go quickly over our little review from last week. So number one. If we want to know what is the game plan for relieving stress from Scripture, taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 and verse 1, number 1, don't give up. A lot of times when we're under stress, we do give up. And give up means basically we try to run from it. And all that does is complicate it often instead of staying there, resting in the Lord and watching Him deliver us. So many times in the Old Testament, the Lord said to them, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So for us, don't give up, don't run. And so our insight, number one, is the Lord is in control of everything I can not control, so I will stand firm in Him. Not in my problems, not in all my self-help books, but I'm going to stand firm that God is in control. Number two. The second part of the game plan is cultivate harmony with others. It says here, I implore Yudia and I employ Syntyche to be of the same mind. Agree in the Lord. And so a lot of times we can really escalate this thing. When this lady screeched back at me and, you know, I can't say she kind of motored down her window. She had one of those high-dollar cars, you know, so ah, down the window went. And she was starting to scream at me, that's my parking place, that's my place, you got my place. I want you to know that I knew better than to deal with a lady who thought that was her place at 7 o'clock in the morning who wanted to go shopping. So I said, Carol, what would you like to say to this lady? No, I didn't do that. (laughs) But I want you to know that, again, we can escalate that stress if we don't, as this passage says, cultivate harmony with others. Maybe right now that you have that because you haven't talked story. You know, ho'oponopono means to sit down long enough and you grant forgiveness after you've talked it through with the idea of bringing about healing in this thing. So relieving stress number two insight is I will focus more on what I can agree on in the Lord than what I can't. So there will be things that you will always disagree with people no matter how close or how long you've lived with them or how much you want to acquiesce. And God did not make us identical to everybody in every shape, size, thought pattern. And so what we do is we do focus on what we can agree on and keep the main thing the main things. Number three, maintain cheerfulness. It's our choice to rejoice, so we have to maintain that cheerfulness. Again, it says rejoice in the Lord. Now, you're not going to rejoice in your pity party. You're not going to rejoice in what you will assume the solution of the resolution of your stress will be. But you're rejoicing in the Lord. And I like that stress number three. The relieving of it is, to rejoice in the Lord is to keep my mind on the Lord always. If you will, take a moment, just circle the word always. Now, I know that's hard, but if the more we realize that God is in control, the more we know who God is, then we'll have that opportunity to be cheerful. Maybe in your margin, you might want to just write this down, and that's this phrase. It's nothing very profound, but it might help you out, and that's just it. You ready? Lighten up. <laughs> Lighten up. Can you all do this with me for a moment? Is this so hard? Is this so hard? You know what's really neat is when you learn to answer the telephone with a smile. When you do, it just brings a lightness about you. So can I just tell you a little bit? Just lighten up a little bit. Whatever you're going through right now, and I do not want to marginalize your pain. I don't want to, I'm not making light of the stress that you're in. I feel sorry for that, especially if it was something you did not control. It, did, it, did not, it wasn't your fault. But at the same time, lighten up. Remember it says that a cheerful heart doeth good like medicine. Number four, power down with others. We talked a little bit about that, but powering down with others will really help out. And here it says, as our insight for relieving stress number four, I will look for ways to show a gracious spirit to everyone, including those who bring stress into my life. You know the verse, we've talked about it before, that a soft answer will turn down anger. So if you have a soft answer, that could remove that anger in that situation, and of course that will power down. But I want to give you four more today, and these are very, very important, and they all kind of go together. It's like a multivitamin. Each one of these alone will help you, but the more you put together, the more you have in that vitamin tablet, the stronger you'll be in relieving stress in your life. Number five, and that is don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. I know that's pretty hard when you hear that word, don't worry about anything, you know, it sounds so, you know, Pollyanna. You know, don't worry about anything. Well, it doesn't mean you can't have concern. It doesn't mean that you can't appropriately make plans and feel some seriousness about a situation. But there's a fine line between panic and preparedness. And so while you want to be prepared, that doesn't mean don't care about anything. It just says don't worry about things. And that's what the word anxious is. Some, now, some translation says be careful for nothing. Well, it doesn't mean don't have care and concern. It just means don't have anxiety. You know, it's common... In this life to worry about things I know that it is Some of you, some of the kids probably have unfinished homework That's due tomorrow when they get to school And they've had almost four days to do it And now they're really sweating this thing out And they notice, boy is it beautiful today I hope we can go to the beach afterwards And you're going to try to get it done sometime between Morning when you wake up and when you go to your first class I know that's going to be some stress That's normal, and parents you're the same way We've got some stress, we don't know what this week's going to look like I've divided stress into two categories They're big now, one is called macro worry the macro worry that we have are things that are kind of like everybody could worry about. It's kind of like outside of us, but becomes huge. A macro worry would be something like a, we're concerned about the bird flu. And people could go to that next level from preparedness to almost panic, where they've got to walk around with a mask. They won't shake hands. They won't go out in public. They hide in their house because they just know that they're going to get the bird flu. And then they could go into nuclear war. They're worried about that. These are big worries. Now, those are real things that could happen, but no matter how big those worries can be, God is still bigger and God will permit whatever he needs to because it's not about this life. It's about us enjoying and going to the next life with him forever and ever. Those are macro worries, even global warming. Some people are so nuts over this thing, and I don't even want to talk about that political mess, but there's that whole thing of global warming. So that's the macro worries. Now, most Christians are beyond that. Most of them can see what that is. They're concerned about it. They're reeling about it, but they're not going to let that drive their life and steal. Their joy. But now we get into what we call the micro worries. The micro worries move it away from the big things that happen to everybody to the things that are going to happen today. In other words, some of you people that you left your job either Friday or Wednesday, and that you had such a problem on your job, and you kind of put it on the back burner as you endured all the holiday weekend. But now you know you've got to pick up that problem or project on Monday again, and that's going to affect you. Some of you realize that you've gone to a doctor, and you're waiting for a doctor's report this coming week. That's a micro worry that you have. And so I know that some of you could face that. And notice what this verse says. It says, be anxious for nothing. Now, if you want to, you could scratch out the word nothing there, draw a line next to it, and then on that line, write down whatever you might be worrying about. And here it says, be anxious for nothing. Now, here's a definition of worry. It works for me. Worry is assuming a responsibility that God never intended me to have. All right, let me give that to you again. Worry is assuming a responsibility That God never intended me to have. Now here are two general areas that we can look toward. And causes us to worry or have anxiety. One is the fear of failure. Some of us are on such a kick to succeed. That if we fail we think the whole world is crashed. Now for that moment when we do fail. It may bring other people down. It may bring a lot of people looking down less on us. I'm thinking about. We talked about it last week briefly. Remember Dan Kelly kicking that last field goal? Can you imagine what life would have been for him if he missed? (laughs) I don't think it would have been funny, but it could have been. But you can imagine that momentary thing. That's the fear of failure. Some of us are so driven by failure that we won't even try to take a risk. we got to take risk to move forward. We take risk in faith. When we have the fear of failure, it almost paralyzes us. And that anxiety keeps us we, from moving forward. We call it um, paralysis by analysis. The second type of fear is not just the fear of failure, but it's the fear of almost anything in the future. They're very close together, but we're afraid of the future. We won't commit to a relationship. We won't commit to a job, we won't commit to a sign-up sheet to do something, we're fear of failing. And the Bible says again, be anxious for nothing. I thought this was interesting because most of you know, I've said this before, but my wife has the spiritual gift of faith. She doesn't worry about anything. When she had cancer, she never once lost any sleep. Other ladies are going nuts over it, but she slept like a baby through this thing. And it was me who stayed up all night worrying, you know what I mean? And I was nervous about this thing. And I read this, this uh, statistic, this survey that was done by a guy named Dr. Walter Cavert. And here's what he said. Worry, his study revealed this about worry. This is so cool. 40% of our worries never, ever happen. Let me ask you, how many of you can sit here publicly in front of everybody to re- and honestly say, I've worried about something, and by the time whatever that was that came around, it wasn't there any longer? Would you raise your hand? 40% of our stuff doesn't even happen. 30% they concern something about what happened in the past, worried about our past. Now, maybe some of you do have some skeletons and you hear them rattling in the closet and you think they're going to come out. Maybe that is the case, but most of the time we could worry about stuff that's already happened. What do people think now? They, they've eaten my pie that was lousy or whatever. What are they? you know, we worry about 30%, doesn't matter. 12%, we have needless worry about our health. I remember when I was much younger in the faith and Carol and I were first married, I, had a, I was lifting weights at the time and I had a stinging pain in my left hand right here. And I just kind of burned inside, but I didn't think much about it. I was speaking somewhere in Indiana, and I was in bed, and um, while I was laying in bed, I was just starting to rub that pain, and all of a sudden, there was a lump there. Well, I thought, this is weird. This is really weird. And so for about six months, that lump grew and grew and grew, and I thought, now, just how dumb your preacher is. I said, ah, I knew who could fix it, a chiropractor. So I went to a chiropractor. Now, I'm not against chiropractor, but he's, you know, massaging it and putting this vibrator thing on it. You know, praise God for chiropractors. If you're a chiropractor listen to me right now, praise the Lord for you. But it didn't do anything. So finally, I went to another doctor and he said, you know what that is? That's a tumor. And you, and that's all I heard was tumor. All I heard after that was you're going to die in a couple of days. That's about, you know, somewhere between that. So you had this horrible fear, and so I'm going there, I'm checking this thing out, and sure enough, it was a tumor. Don't worry, I didn't die, and they took this thing out. But most of us have so many fears that they say, you know what, we need to run more tests. What does that do for us? We go nuts over that. That's pretty normal, but only 12% of that happens. 10% are insignificant, petty little things. So what if we lock our keys in the car we still can get in the car. It'll happen. 8% of our worries are legitimate. If that's all you want to write down, that's all you need. Only 8% of all the stuff that we may be about will be legitimate. And so God says, forget about the 92%. Deal with the 8%. Now take that 8% and stop worrying about it. You can't change the past. You can't control the future. And the longer you worry about it, it's going to sap your energy, destroy your creativity from moving forward for me. Look at Matthew 6, 33 and 34. This is a neat verse, young people. I'm going to kind of make it real for you for just a moment here. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We sing the song. We know the verse. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And it says, and all these things shall be added to you. In a sense, food and clothing. We're going to just say your basic needs of life. Whatever your basic need is, it'll be given to you. Now, let's pause for a moment. No matter how bad it gets, I do not know any Christians who's ever starved to death. Now, some Christians had some pretty tough times, and God has brought them through that. Some have sacrificed their life. This morning, I got thinking as I was having my quiet time. Remember the Apostle Paul? Before he was the Apostle Paul, one of the last things he did before he became a Christian was he was going into towns and cities, and he was taking men and women, and I believe young people. He was taking them, and he was throwing them in jail because they were Christians. A few months later, Paul becomes a Christian. Saul becomes Paul, becomes a Christian. Now, he now has his sins forgiven, and he's out spreading the gospel. But those same Christians are still in jail. Can you imagine if you were one of them, you're sitting there, and you're saying, Ah, just two more months, and we'd have missed this, you know? But you don't. They're, they're, it's all crumbling around them. And so I want you to know that what you do in this passage... As you look at this and you say, you know what? No matter what happens in my world, God will take care of me. Now, notice the next verse, verse 34. It says this. Therefore, remember the therefore is to remember. Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Relax. Chill out. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Watch this. The best preparation for tomorrow and what you're going to face tomorrow is the best use of your day today. So what you want to do is you want to drill deeply into this message. You want to lean into what you're hearing, especially young people, and say, I want to have ownership of this. This is going to be me. I'm going to be the one that's going to live the game plan for relieving stress in my life. And I'm not going to compare my stress with someone else's stress because I have just enough. I'm going to take care of it for today. Watch this. Because if you take care of it for today, it will give you the strength then tomorrow when you face the new stress. Because I promise you, I promise you. I promise you, as long as we live, we're going to have stress. And it probably will escalate as we get older and we take on more responsibilities in our life. So let's look at insight for relieving stress number five. It says, I will look to the Lord's kingdom and righteousness while I live one day at a time. I will look to the Lord's kingdom and righteousness while I live one day at a time. Now, let's look at that phrase, It's taken off the verse. If you will look up here for a second now. So here you are in the stress. I'm not going to identify it. I'm going to ask you to think about what you're stressed out about. And now what you've got to do is you've got to repent, which means nothing more than to change your mind. So you're going to change your mind and say, whoop, whoop, I'm in the stress. But here it says to seek his kingdom. So what I'm going to do is right now is I'm going to say to myself, whatever I'm going through, it's not about me. Whatever's happening right now is to build his kingdom. I'm going to try to advance God's work through whatever I'm going through. I brought this stress on. I did stupid stuff. I waited to the last minute. Whatever it might be, that stress, you're going to say, okay, right now, I'm I'm right now. I've got to grieve it, leave the past, take the present. What am I going to do to use this to build his kingdom? Then the rest of the verse says, and his righteousness. So what you're going to do in the stress is you're going to say, I'm going to match the stress with, with God's righteousness. I am now going to change my attitude, my thinking, my behavior, and I'm going to approach this stress with Godliness. And I'm going to leave the rest up to him. I'm going to live one day at a time. I'm going to approach this and give it to Now, tomorrow you may get an F on your paper. Tomorrow you may find out that you do have to have surgery. You may find out at the end of the week you've lost your job. But it doesn't matter because God says it's about him, not about us. And face it, looking at his kingdom. How can God use me in this to build his kingdom? And then how can I do this to still come out squeaky clean with righteousness? I'm seeking his righteousness through all of this. That's number five, to relieve stress. Number six, that's to pray about everything. Oh, I know that sounds so, you know, pray about everything. But it is important to do that. Notice the verse. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. It's interesting how that whenever a negative comes into our life, God chooses then to counter it with a positive if we could look for it out there. So don't panic, but pray. Replace your worry time with prayer time. Now, here's what's so interesting. When it talks about praying about everything and praying everything and pray for everything and don't stop praying, it's probably knowing that we're going to have stress constantly. Now, some days will be more, some less, some seasons more, some less. But nonetheless, we still need to match the worry with the prayer. So let's look at the phrase, in everything. If you want to circle that, circle the word in everything. That means there's no prayer request or problem too big you can't take to the Lord. There is no situation too small, too insignificant to who you are that you can't take that to the Lord. You might say, I'm just a new believer. I can't really do this. Yes, you can. There it doesn't always have to be religious to take it to the Lord. It can be something very simple that you might be going through that you can take to the Lord. How many of you have lost something and you couldn't find it when you needed to find it? My wife is so good at this, it, it just blesses me. But whenever I can't find something, she just she doesn't say, Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God for it? She's she's way beyond that. She's so spiritual. And she's not going to waste time with that kind of, because she knows I hadn't.
1: You are listening to Make It Clear. If today's message helped you to better understand God's Word, let me encourage you to be with us next time. Or go to our website, MakeItClear.org, for more resources. If Stan's biblical teaching is helping you to understand God's Word more clearly and to apply it to your life each day, please remember, this ministry is listener-supported. You can become a partner with Make It Clear and take this teaching to other believers around the world by making a tax-deductible donation to Make It Clear. P.O. Box 607901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Or you may do so securely online at makeitclear.org. On behalf of Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College, thanks for listening and invite a friend to join you next time for Make It Clear. 94.9
3: 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Word. Thank you for being with us here on this Monday afternoon for the ministry of Stand Ponds and Make It Clear. And if it is a blessing to you, do let them know that. You can contact them right there at our website, thewordorlando.com. And do remember that ministries like Make It Clear and Stand Ponds remain here because of generous financial support from listeners just like you. So if it is a blessing to you in the afternoon, by all means... If you can do so, support them with your financial gift and help ensure it stays right here where faith comes by hearing. Nice day out there, mostly sunny still. It's 88, feels like 89. I'm Alan Dempsey, and we welcome Steve Otterburn to the Pastors, Wives, and Women in Ministry Luncheon coming up Friday, June 16th, and we would love to welcome you, too. You can sign up today at thewordorlando.com, and remember that all this month, we're shining our ministry spotlight on New Life Live, Steve Otterburn weekdays at 1 p.m. Now, Steve and his team, will they find just the right scripture to help callers deal with lives that are hurt. Experience the freedom that God has for you with Steve Auduburn and new life live and register now for a pastor's wives and women in ministry luncheon coming up june 16th online at the word with good life 45 and presented by 94.9 fm and am 950 the word coming up next dr charles stanley and in touch where faith comes by hearing
4: So you've decided to remodel your kitchen. What's next? Visiting ExpressCabinets.com should be your first step. That's Express with an X. Express Cabinets is locally owned and operated by Jim and Keith Foster, the father and son team who perfected a smooth remodel. Visit ExpressCabinets.com to learn more. That's Express Cabinets. With an X. Whether you're completely remodeling your home or simply purchasing cabinets for a rental property, Express Cabinets should be your first step. Express Cabinets kitchen designers will create a 3D rendering of your kitchen to visualize how your project will look in just hours, not days. Your job will be done on time and on budget. Now that's the way it should be and will be when you work with Express Cabinets. Visit ExpressCabinets.com to learn more. That's Express Cabinets... With an X. See how easy purchasing cabinets and remodeling can be with Express Cabinets. So you've decided to remodel your kitchen. What's next? Visiting ExpressCabinets.com should be your first step. That's Express with an X.
5: In a recent Barna Research study, they found that there are more full-time senior pastors over the age of 65 than under the age of 40. Even though these shepherds are wise in counsel, it is imperative that we find and deploy the next generation of pastors to share the good news of Jesus Christ throughout Central Florida in the coming years. I'm John Stoles, Ministry Development Director of 94.9 and AM 950 The Word. We have the same mission on air with our programming that you hear daily on the word and we need your help we're looking for the pastor who can communicate the gospel clearly and responsibly and provide a christian worldview in today's worldly struggle on the radio does this type of communicator and leader lead your church call me at 407-618-1762 and consider sharing your pastor on the word and with central florida that's 407-618-1762 Consider
0: Mount Dora Christian Academy for your child. While high academics may be found in many places, Mount Dora Christian Academy's teaching is Christ-centered in all areas of your child's scholastic experience. So whether it's the 33 athletic teams or the 22 student clubs and organizations, Christ is at the center of everything Mount Dora Christian Academy does. That's the Mount Dora Christian Academy difference. These teams and clubs beautifully round out the high level of teaching by the faculty. More than half of their teachers have advanced degrees. It's no wonder 95% of Mount Dora Christian Academy students go on to college. That's the Mount Dora Christian Academy difference. So consider Mount Dora Christian Academy for your child. There's no better Christian-based college prep curriculum. Mount Dora Christian Academy offers on-campus college courses plus dual enrollment with five local colleges. That's the Mount Dora Christian Academy difference. Visit them online at mdc.com.